Vocalist Susie Arioli and fellow Canadian guitarist Jordan Officer were drawn together by their love for classic jazz and the standards. The aggressive showbiz style of today's pop stars is not for these two, who would rather draw their audiences in with a softly delivered lyric and intimacy that's even more appealing because of its rarity in the music world of today. I'm Judy Carmichael. And this is Jazz Inspired. I talked with Susie Arioli and Jordan Officer on stage at the Escona Jazz Festival in Switzerland. Your sound, which I adore, is very intimate and softer, I would say, than a lot of the very aggressive, mic'd, electronic things that are going on today. And I know people, very often with me, they'll say, I really like to hear jazz in a small setting. And you were just talking about the great opportunity you had to open for Ray Charles, and that had to be a huge venue. And yet, this very intimate sound comes across in a huge venue as well. So speak to that and what that experience, Susie, what that was like for you. And if that was even a surprise to you, did you think that it would be fine? with? Well, uh, on the Friday night, we had uh, uh, played outside. It was our first big concert. So we played um, a big show at 10 o'clock at night at the Jazz Festival. So we kind of were in front of 10, 15,000 people in Montreal. And uh, what struck me was that uh, there was lots of love and all that. But what was really cool is that we were super dominant because we were the biggest sound. But we didn't have a kick drum or anything aggressive going on. So I kind of liked that big velvet oppressive thing that we were doing not oppressive but dominant I liked it dominating without this you know um, heartbeat or altering thing you know so it was really cool and then when they called the next day and 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 asked us to 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 do this thing in this incredible room you know Place des Arts it's like huge and we've never done anything like that and it wasn't a free show and it was kind of scary but um uh, I had already decided that I, I couldn't afford to be nervous before I show because it sucks too bad. You know, I always sound like crap for the first couple of tunes if I'm nervous. So it was a big vanity thing was not to be nervous anymore and just be happy. But it was really, it was really great. I, 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 we all both enjoyed the fact that we could fill up space with a gentle, a gentle strength. And it was uh, really fun for us. And so, of course, it helped us immediately. We got press, which all musicians want. And uh, because we got press, we got gigs, and it really, really helped our career, uh, made us known to a lot of people, even though we had been playing on um, CBC and the Radio Canada, the national radio stations, but this really made it clear to us that um, that we could handle that, and we really enjoyed that, filling up uh, exactly, like you said, like a huge thing, but with an intimacy, that's really what I really like to do. Have you had pressure from any record people and things like that to change this sound, even though you have success with it. But people are so used to a more aggressive sound. That's what really struck me when I heard you is that and saw you on YouTube and all of that, that you do your thing, you're singing standards, you're playing standards, you're not dancing around, you're just presenting the music. Well, what's really important to me is uh, what makes me not nervous is to be comfortable in my skin mm. and to be doing the correct material. 
So there's plenty of material out there. I think I, I can afford to pick the stuff that fits me well. Mm. And uh, other people do the things that fit them well. And I think that that helps, you know, to have the appropriate thing going on. And I mean, I figure the love thing should be gentle. If you're mm. telling someone how much you feel you care about them, I guess it shouldn't be yelled at them. And uh, it's just my opinion about, I like the narration, you know, I like the stories, they're really important to me. So I try to find the correct, the appropriate feeling. And, uh, and I like, um, as an audience member, I mean, I love Ray Charles, I love the, but I, what I really love about him is his capacity to be really intimate and get, and I know he worked really hard on his style, you know, uh, I didn't know it was, uh, it was so much work for him, you know, and I, and I, I love what he did, you know, he's like Elvis Presley, you know, they just do take after take until it's what he likes, you know, and, uh, I appreciate that. I appreciate the, the thoughtfulness about what is the mood that I want to convey for this song. And, uh, I like as an audience member, I like to listen to, to that. I like to listen to the, uh, not too much with the hair going back, um, you know, <laughs> but I mean, I like a good rock show too, you know, and, uh, you know, I love it when Ray Charles shouts and screams and does all his thing, but he's, he basically comes down to a nice growl, and it's very sexy, and I, I do try to emulate that. <laughs> when I asked you to bring some of your favorite music and some of the things that had inspired you, you chose one of my favorite recordings in a group that I listened to a lot when I started out listening to things, those Billie Holiday small groups, and you chose Easy Living. Talk about that. Talk about a, a mood, something that sets a mood. That's such a beautiful tune. Not a lot of people mention that. Tune. It's a great song. Mm. One of the things I like about, um, I mean, I like to sing to a lot of stuff on the radio. I was singing with Barbara Streisand. I really like to use my voice. It's something I like to do. But one of the things about the jazz, the standard repertoire, if we call it standards, is that um, they're really well-crafted, and they're so melodic that once you learn it, you can walk down the street and, and, and have it. You can sing it alone, and you can have that melody really strongly, and you can sing it, and it doesn't sound empty. So, you know, maybe it was a lot of, it was for vanity also. I, you know, if I was learning, you know, James Brown stuff, I'd have to wait for the, you know, you know imagining the funky stuff going on, and then, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know what I mean? It, these songs are really made for singers, and I consider myself fortunate that we have so much beautiful material to sing. And I mean, that song, I love it. Easy to love. Uh, it's easy to live because you love me. What more would you want than that kind of ease? Your hand, darling, it's grand. 
I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. Jordan, how about you? Have you always been a fan of singers? I I love to talk to instrumentalists who are working with singers because a lot of people really just love that, love accompanying, working around it, and you're also doing arrangements for you too, for the group. Um, Yeah, well, um, playing with a a singer is really different than playing when there isn't a singer. Um, And... uh, even when you're soloing, if you're playing a solo during the song, I, uh, I always feel like you're you should be contributing something to the song and and the story that that's being told. And uh, um, what helped me at one point is uh, uh, you know I don't sing that much, but I was uh, in in some bands I used to play and I'd sing a few songs. And when I started doing that, I realized what I needed, and I I started soloing differently because. Um, because I didn't have enough, because I was not very confident in my singing abilities, I did everything as an instrumentalist for the song to come across. And uh, it changed how I soloed. And, and uh, I think that's cool to approach a song uh, that way, as a, even as a soloist, when there's a, a story to tell. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's something that Susie and I uh, uh, are we're similar in, in that way and in, in, in how we like to approach stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, singers... Uh, um, I've learned a lot from uh, from Susie's singing and from singers in general uh, as an instrumentalist, whether mm. you know Billy Holiday or Frank Sinatra or opera singers, or because uh, as an instrumentalist you can sometimes forget that your role is still to tell a story, uh, but when you listen to singers, it, it sort of gives you certain tools um, for how to how to do that, mm-hmm. even if you are playing an instrument and. I know the old musicians that I met when I first started out always said to tell a story before I was even thinking much about singers. They, as instrumentalists, were saying, tell a story. And they'd shout it out, be like, tell a story, man, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. I know something, you're making me think of something that's happened for me recently because as a relatively new singer myself, I've been thinking about accompanying myself and I'm playing very differently, but that's now making me play differently behind horn players. Yeah. So it's completely changed it. I re- I'm thinking I wasn't as sensitive to certain lines and harmonies yeah. as I wish I'd been before, and now I'm thinking that way because I'm thinking of their melody. Has it changed that for you as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's really how I felt about it too. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you sing something? Play something for us. What do you want to do? I've studied revolutions in Spain The North Pole I have charted But I can't get started with you In 1929 I sold short 
In England I presented a call I've got a house, a show place But can't get no place with you You're so supreme Lyrics I write of you dream Both day and night of you scheme Just for the sight of you But what good does it do On the golf course I'm under par Metro Goldwyn asked me to start But I'm broken hearted Cause I can't get started with you Sarah Vaughn. There's a very different direction in a lot of ways, but what is, how does she connect with all of these things that you love? Uh, well, uh, I really liked her beginning part of, of, mm-hmm. of her career, as with Billie Holiday. I liked her when she was uh, pudgy <laughs> and, and singing the melodies and happy in mm-hmm. her life. And um, I like... Uh, I like, um, I guess I like the uh, the power that uh, Sarah Vaughn has, the kind of, uh, I like the material she does. You know, I'm not, uh, I'm not as influenced by her mm. later on in her more athletic endeavors, mm-hmm. although I respect her. It's not but she I'm, really evolved over the years. Yeah, she certainly term, yeah. did, and 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 it's kind of uh, what happened. Vo- vocalists became kind of moot, unless you were scatting and and holding your own in that way. And like I'm, uh, I really like what she was doing at the time, which was like uh, what's the song? Uh, she said, "No smoke blues." Is mm-hmm. that her? And. Uh, 
I don't know what to say. I, I no, like I was that just curious, lot. but you like that that period and, and I like how she that connected period. with it emotionally. I like that. I, I, I'm not a. I'm not. A, I'm not influenced by her. More uh, to me, wacky, mm-hmm. crazy, athletic uh, ski jumping. It's mm-hmm. like a, I don't really connect to it at all. But I can, in a way, what I also like about her is I can. I f- feel like I can understand what happened to her and to who's that dude uh, Eckstein. Billy Eckstein, mm. you know, that kind of singing seems to have been what happened after um, after the narration was really that important. Mm. Like it was a different trip that happened where the vocalist had to become a, a, a very uh, athletic type of musician. And there probably was a lot of pressure on them to do that, you know. And, uh, and you know, that's kind of what happened to me when I started out in jazz. I, I wasn't really attracted to that kind of... Um, muscular uh 15 minute songs uh 15 choruses it just drove me crazy i just couldn't i couldn't fathom how you could tell the same story over and over again in in that length of time and and it made it like it must have been really amazing to be her in this kind of swell evolution that happened to jazz you know so uh but i really like in that style the what what i like is the is her creativity i just like what she did and she sounds cool mm. she sounds hip and I like that, that she can sound, um, it's not girly, it's not soft, but it's not crazy yet, you know? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And she, uh, she owns her techniques so much yeah. that, that she can do the really athletic stuff and, and not sound like she's doing it to show off her technique. Mm. Like it, it sounds, it's athletic in a kind of a low key way, which is, uh, which is rare. You know? It like is Ella rare. Yeah. Both of those yeah. two are geniuses. They're such incredible technicians that they can they don't yeah definitely like that always seems like something to aspire though to me for every instrumentalist or singer to have the technique together so that it doesn't show one person that i I often think of is django reinhardt who had such an incredible technique for a guitar player but you never felt like he was trying to show his technique right he's such a you can hear just music and, and life pouring out of him. And, and once in a while you hear a, a run that seems, you know, impossible to, to mm. play, but it's not even about that. It just sort of happens to be there. Charlie Parker, too, you know. Mm. Sometimes notes just kind of fly out, but it's kind of like if it happened without him wanting it to, you know. But he's just telling a story. And Yeah, how about Frank Sinatra? There's a guy who told a story. And Another uh, of your influences. Impeccable uh like just such incredible technique jordan uh made me realize that the show that he had on tv was like live yeah and new arrangements all the time and he was just so good i mean for me that's uh he's just got the voice it's just it's like it's the voice that i like mm. and his technique is so great and he's gentle like when he's not being sassy mm-hmm. in Las Vegas. And yeah. He'll say something sweet. He'll sing something sweet and then say something really sassy, you know. Yeah. But uh, his his sweetness, I, I think, is very attractive in a man mm. to be um, sweet and powerful like that. He's just got a very incredible blend. And, and the songs, the material that he had just happened to have been fantastic, you know. Like he was, they were born in a good time, mm-hmm. you know. The material was great. Like some people that Sean in the 80s in pop music... You know what I mean? There was a, a certain, you know, if you get stuck in a in a time when the music wasn't like amazing, then that can, you know, and Casio systems are really hot. Well, that's what you've had. But those people, Nina Simone, uh, 
well, she wrote a lot of her stuff, but Frank Sinatra and Sarah Vaughan and Billie Holiday, there was like that incredible music that they transformed into popular jazz music. I mean, they had some great material. The material was so incredible also that it must have just inspired them to be magnificent. Blue sky smiling at me Nothing but blue skies do I see Bluebirds singing a song Nothing but bluebirds all day long Never saw the sun shining so bright Never saw things looking so right Noticing the days hurrying by When you're in love, my, how they fly Blue days, all of them gone Nothing but blue skies from now on I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. My guests are vocalist Susie Arioli and guitarist Jordan Officer, recorded live at the Ascona Jazz Festival in Switzerland. You bring a lot of new people to these songs that I'm sure, who I'm, I would imagine, think you're the first person who's ever recorded them. Mm-hmm. And that comes, and are these people, when you get to talk to some of your fans in this are they remembering these tunes, and are they... I, I ask this because of what you said. I'll explain this more clearly. We used to have a shared vocabulary of tunes, yeah. and even all these songs that we like that are before our time, as people say. And before the jazz guy's time. Right, even. exactly. But people pass those on. I grew up with sing-alongs around the piano. My parents would play Bill Bailey. You know, that's way that's before their time, like you say. But we kept passing those on until recently. And uh, the sort of Britney Spears generation perhaps hasn't heard those as their standards. There was a certain book of standards that we had heard those things. And kids' books, too. Yeah, exactly. I think there's something that we kind of lost. Like, that's a really good point you bring up, Judy, that whole collective consciousness, Mm. that whole fact that you could have something in common with your grandparents and your grandchildren just as a a core education. Mm. Now there's like new books every year for children and new songs. It's not about, um, I guess it's a, it's a different business right now. It's a different business. Well, I'm thinking about that and, and you bringing these to a new audience and people connecting with these, because one of the things that a musician friend of mine said was his father, who's not a musician, was reminding him of some tune, and it had a built-in modulation. And he sang it to him, or he whistled it to him, and he said his dad just did the modulation, because to him it was part of the tune. He didn't think, I'm modulating, now I'm doing this. Didn't think it was hard, but he had a certain musical education subconsciously that he could do that. And very often now you'll have someone who might be trying to sing back to you one of these tunes that we just have in here. And if there were modulation, they might, you know, they'd have trouble negotiating it. Because they haven't heard it a thousand times. Exactly. They haven't. It isn't in there in the same way. Do you 
Have you had some feedback from some of your fans? Are they starting to own these tunes in a different way? I'm hoping. I'm hopeful. I'm surprised at how many people come up to us after the show and are trying to learn the songs, but they're learning them from Jordan. Yeah. And they're not kids, you mm. know? They're kind of our age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like there's this kind of lost generation that happened, uh, a kind of withdrawal from standard songs. Mm -hmm. And like we were talking about before, a lot of people will say, oh, I was, you know, brought over by the neck by my friend. And, uh, you know, I had Uh to come to this concert, but I really enjoyed myself and I didn't know I liked jazz. Mm. And I kind of feel that way about hip hop, you know? You get exposed to a certain color of hip hop and you think, um, oh, you know, it's just misogynist. Uh, yeah. No, it's not always like that. Mm-hmm. There's like incredibly nice people that are deliberately not being misogynist. There's the French take on it, which is so classy. Mm-hmm. I just love the way it sounds. And so there's like, you know, there's huge things. It's, I think it's difficult to, there's so much more and it's hard and, and you've, it's hard to find it's just they're just so immense that if you only get a certain color, you can you can might just walk away from what you think is the culture if it's not been in your household. I had these songs in my house. My mom happened to like Billie Holiday, so we had the Teddy Wilson stuff, you know. And it's just I thought that everybody had those, you know. I thought everybody had the Joe Bim album with Stan Getz. It just seemed like the classic stuff that everybody would have in their house: Beethoven, Chopin, you know, Joe Bim. Than gets kind of blue. It seems like it should be in everyone's home to to help well, it us should, go through but it isn't. life. <laughs> well, what a great library! You know, uh, everybody should get that core library. It's but it's nice to hear you talking about it that way. I've had a, a number of of older guests that I've had on the show, the ones that have been around for many many years that are you know seventy eighty or something like that, and they talk about when they were coming up that there weren't the the delineations in the music that everything was played in their house meaning and everything to them though was classical and jazz and broadway because it wasn't pop as we know it now but they didn't say okay now we're listening to some opera now we're listening to um broadway show tunes they just put on what they felt but that was the library of what they were listening to so i think it's great that you're saying that people are learning from this and asking about the tunes i've i've had Fans that think I wrote Honeysuckle Rose. Seriously. It's funny. I'm telling them that I wrote it, though, so don't you say <laughs> you wrote it. I'm taking credit. That girl. Yeah, I don't know. No, no, no. That's not? my tune. He was you you can take Ain't Misbehaving. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> he was giving those away. Why don't you do something else for us? Okay. All right. Uh, okay. This we learned from who? Forget it. Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. I wrote this one, too. <laughs> this is Out of Nowhere. And he wrote the solo part, too. (laughs) It was Jordan's in my first collaboration. (laughs) You came to me from out of nowhere You took my heart and found it free Wonderful dreams, wonderful schemes Out of nowhere Made every hour sweet as a flower for me If you should go back to your nowhere Leaving me with a memory 
I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. Our show is made possible in part with generous support from Steinway & Sons. For discography of the music played on our show and a schedule of upcoming programs, visit our website at jazzinspired.com. You can email us at info at jazzinspired.com. To find out more about my music and what I'm doing, and to sign up for our email newsletter, visit judycarmichael.com. My guests are vocalist Susie Arioli and guitarist Jordan Officer, recorded live at the Ascona Jazz Festival in Switzerland. I would have guessed that you were a Chet Baker fan even before you told me. I figured you must be. Talk about Chet. He's so unusual in his approach. Well, yeah, gorgeous dude, (laughs) beautiful voice, another genius, just opens his mouth and it kind of 
one of those people that can just effortlessly, it sounds very effortless to be so beautiful and mm. so gorgeous and the voice too. And then his trumpet playing, I, I like, uh, I'm attracted to it. I, I find it very, uh, it reaches in and pulls you out in a very gentle, sexy way. Um, I don't know if he was such a great guy. <laughs> we don't care. We don't care. But, We're just singing uh, about his music. Sound, you know, yeah. it's often the case with musicians. I yeah. think you know, there's a one side of us that is uh, very tender or very uh, aggressive, and it might come out in our music, but in our real life, we're different. You know, mm. and uh, I mean, uh, I just like that style. I don't know what to say, but he's got. He's kind of like in the same way that I'm attracted to kind of blue uh, of Miles Davis, that type of trumpet playing, which is not. Not a huge range, but within that, it's just got the vibrational thing. It just kind of uses the vibration of the instrument to kind of just uh, hypnotize me. And I'm very happy to be hypnotized by mm. them. songs of love but not for me a lucky stars above but not for me with love to lead the way I've found more clouds of gray than any Russian play could guarantee I was a fool to fall and get that way I hold alas and also lack a day Although I can't dismiss the memory of her kiss I guess she's not for me I was struck when I was looking at your different YouTube videos where there'd be a huge audience or something like that of the very fact that so many people want to access that gentle side. Yeah, they really do. And a lot of people can't. And in, in the case of maybe a Chet Baker, that's how he could. But all of us have that somewhere. And you know from your experience, and I know from mine, anybody who performs sees that because we'll see people after a concert and you can tell they've been changed in some way. It may not last. And I've had... We talked earlier about people that are, a friend drags them to a concert, they didn't even want to come, but then they come backstage and they say, I didn't want to be here, but you see this transformation because you've helped them access that. And that is such a strong part of what you're doing with your group, That's and it like proves that, it's, that people want that. Yeah. And how do we get that out there? Because that's always the big question now. I'm asked constantly because I'm working... Now, as an artistic advisor or director of three different festivals, so people, I'm on that end of people saying, how do we get younger audiences? How do we do it? That seems to be the big question. My thing is not just how do we get younger audience, how do we get audiences? How do we have people know that jazz isn't a one-dimensional thing, that there are people that are not just jumping up and bumping and grinding their 
presenting something gentle. How do we get that out? Are you doing Facebook? Are you doing, how do you get the word out about what you're doing? Well, you mentioned YouTube. That's a great yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think of, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm not that old, but when I was checking out this stuff, you had to look hard to find things, you know? Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, secondhand record stores and, you know, eBay didn't exist and, and all those things didn't exist. And now we take it all for granted. But, you know, if you have 10 minutes to go on YouTube, you can listen to, uh, you can watch uh, incredibly incredible footage of Muddy Waters, of uh, Chet Baker, stuff like that. It's a really great way to discover things. And, and I, I think, think the visual of them actually acting it out instead of it... it, it connects people some people need that more than just listening to a yeah, record especially if it's something that you don't you don't know mm. i like to always remember and point out that the jazz that i liked and listened to like the billy holiday and i guess the ella fitzgerald was basically pop music mm-hmm. like ella, i mean i can't believe that billy holiday took lover come back to me i mean have you ever heard the original version yeah, i know it's it's you know totally not a jazz song you know but it was a standard, and people were singing it in their funny opera ways. Funny because that's the way people sang it in the good old days. And then they kind of added a hipness to it. So it was like already a second generation of people singing their grandparents' songs, but hipping it up with um, with jazzy beats, you know, that kind of sexy rhythm thing going on. So it's pop music. So I don't feel, I don't really, I really don't feel like I'm a, we're different. You know what I mean? I feel like this is pop repertoire. This is things that people know works and when we sing these songs i mean you can see my my friends tell me that in the audience you know there's like people are just like they're transported and it's not because i'm such a great singer also i mean yes of course it's a bit of that but the songs (laughs) they're all about um it's like their songs are like lullabies they they are there to make you feel something you know, in a, and these are lyrics that speak to people yeah, that help them French express people, in their the minds their own feelings. Something that 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 expresses the profound feelings that we all have. These songs really have those kind of lyrics. It isn't just "Love me, baby, love me, baby, love me, baby, love me some more, baby, love me." You know, there's actually something that is speaking to them. Yeah, and I like the fact that music, that art, can be used as a as a healing thing for people. I mean, people are healed by our concerts and by other concerts. I'm certainly healed by going to see Ladysmith Black Mambasso and Usur Ndur. I mean, it does something to me to think that this is like ancient-ish ways of singing and and they're really clear about what they're trying to do. What they want to do is move people and they're very honest about that. And I feel like being honest about that too. Like, you know, I do have my vanity and I want to show off baby sometimes, but I, I feel the stronger thing is to to use this ancient wisdom it's like uh, making a delicious soup that you know my great-great-grandmother made and it helped people you know this is you know in a kind of a modest humble way of approaching music that uh you know we're living this life right now we're we're giving back to people where i don't want to hurt people with music i want to heal them Mm. so it's great that if they feel that way then it's great and I think that that's the connecting thing. People don't have to be jazz aficionados to appreciate this particular type of mm-hmm. music, you know. Being an American, I'm constantly bombarded with how much image, image, image is such a big thing, and it is in America. And when I go somewhere else, I I get a, a different feeling. And I used to work in Toronto a lot, but I don't work a lot in Canada, so I don't know. Do you feel that there's? I mean, you get a lot of our 
uh, a lot of the feeling of what's going on in America, I'm sure. But do you feel that it's a similar kind of thing, that the image that you have to be, we're very youth-oriented in oh, America. Yeah. You have the same thing in Canada, do you think, to the same extent? For sure. I think yeah. it's a worldwide thing, especially mm. in Europe and in North America. You know, don't you think? Like image-oriented, and we're human beings, eh? Well, I'm curious, because I spend a lot of time in Brazil, and uh, it may be the least ageist country mm. I've ever been in. Mm. The The festival there, the average age, at least in our festival that we're doing, is probably 35, and I'd, you just don't feel the same kind of ageism, but audience not just members? in the audience. Okay. Uh, just in how people treat you, the people who come up that are very excited about the music and the way they talk. Uh, I, I, I laugh about it because I had a 16-year-old who'd been in my class that day who came up, put his arms around me, and gave me a big kiss. And I thought, this guy looks really young. And then I thought, oh, he was in my class today. But, I mean, it was a funny kind of thing. There was a, a line that just seemed really blurred about ages there in, a, in the best possible way. So I know it's very different, but that's my experience because I've spent a lot of time in Brazil. That's why I was asking about Canada. I don't know. I was hoping you'd tell me it's different than America. I think there is a general commercial image trip going on, mm. but just scratching at the surface anywhere you go and human beings emerge from it. You know what no, I mean? No, that's a nice thought. I think yes. it's true. Like yeah. we're, you know, audiences are mixed. I mean, sure, like we were saying, jazz mm. is kind of adult music in a mm. way, but like it's also very appealing to everybody. When we played in Mexico, we had students freaking out, you know, yeah. huge lineup of young and old. It's It's really... I think you just have to scratch. I mean, because, you know, you look at Mexican, maybe uh, the posters, and they're all white women or whatever, yeah. you know, and there is, you'd, you'd think that that's what people feel. But no, in real life, people are very open, just like me and you, you know, we might have a, a concept of, of what is really happening. And it's just commercialism kind of clouding the reality, which is that we all love and want to be loved, you know? I think we're starting to benefit from a, a reaction to all that, too. Mm. I don't know if it's... If it's, you know, if it, it hasn't changed everything, but there's more and more of a reaction to uh, commercialism and, mm -hmm. and people telling us what we should like and stuff like that, I think. And, you know, Internet helped for that, too. Uh, mm -hmm. Just having access to all kinds of stuff uh, and not just seeing the same ads on TV that everybody sees every week. It's it's more kind of... Uh, people are open to everything. all over they the don't, place. Yeah. Know, there's more, there is an opportunity for people to... To let be less image uh, oriented, mm -hmm. I think. Well, and jazz we'll is such. We'll see how a, it evolves, you know. It's such a natural. To me, jazz seems like a natural kind of music, well, for everybody, but that I love it, so I'm very prejudiced. But also for young people, we came to it when we were young. I mean, it's a music that's very inclusive, mm -hmm. it's radical, it, you do your own thing, all the things that they that they're always saying young people are the ones who want to do it. It's certainly not stayed. And set, it changes every time we do it. So it's a natural, it, uh, it's a natural kind of music for younger people, I think. I mean, rock and roll is big business. That's what's so interesting. People think that pop music is radical and far out, but it's corporate. Mm. We're not corporate. So if anything, this is more on the edge and more connected with doing your own thing. It's true that sometimes people say, you know, um, is it hard, Susie, to do um, songs that have been done by, you know, so many people? And I'm like, well, that's what jazz is supposed to be. <laughs> it would be harder to try to do an Otis Redding song, as far as uh, I'm concerned, because it's such a, there's one 
way of doing it. Yeah. That's jazz so song is like it's like classical music. It's meant for people to to put their own personalities in there. That's how come we're so lucky that we have that kind of incredible uh, repertoire of, of classical right the, the, the jazz well and music, now you can see it, like you say i've been thinking what a great advantage that is because all these wonderful singers who sang the standards they like a, someone like joe stafford sang everything or ella they, they recorded practically everything it seems so you can find a great version and even if you can't see the the music you can hear some exactly. of them who sang the melody you can hear it the way it was yeah. And do you, how do you learn songs? Do you listen to the records? Do you get music? Do you like to see the notes on the page first? Or how do you do it when you're learning a new tune? Listening to them. Yeah. I usually listen to, you know, three or four or five or as many, you know, versions as possible. And like you say, trying to find the melody. You think you, you think if you just hear one, you're like, oh my God, he's not even singing the melody. Those other two people were actually singing what it was, and it's it's always good, like the the thing about learning what the original is before you start to take liberties with it. You yeah. Know? So it it is kind of important and um, helps a lot to listen to as many versions as possible to see what has been coloring. You think you, you know, a Louis, you're trying to learn a song from Louis Armstrong is ridiculous. <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's, it's just, not a good place to start. No, it's not yeah, a good place to start. It's nice to enjoy it, but it's it's definitely uh, the more the merrier, and then you can kind of figure it out. And then if you do have the music, I'm not uh, a reader or anything, but I can figure it out. If you listen to a whole bunch of stuff, and then you kind of think you know the how it goes, and then you can actually see it. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, that's best. You're totally informed. And then once you sing like everybody else, then you can free yourself and start to see where you come in and... What kind of you can what you can give to? It's it. interesting. I hadn't thought of this till I had a Broadway. A couple Broadway singers told me they always look at the music. They're incapable of doing mm. it unless they start with the music. And I always, I'm we're so used to listening to things and getting lots of input on that. How about you, Jordan? How do you go about learning something new? Do you do it the same way with listening or music? Yeah, Both. listening, listening to stuff. It's yeah. rare that I look at the sheet music of a song. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, listening to as as you know. The what'll make me or us want to learn a song might be one particular version, but then, like Susie said, we'll try to find as many versions as we can just to see how people have approached it. And, and you know, uh, jazz is really a, a language, and and you, and to speak the language, you have to not be in a vacuum. So it's important to, you know, transcribing solos and all these things that all the great musicians did when they were learning. It means that we're we're part of a. Um, we're speaking a language, you know, and uh, you can't just take a, the chords, the changes, and figure out what scales work over which chord and, and become a jazz musician because you haven't learned a, a language. So, mm-hmm. so that's definitely a, the, the main uh, uh, way that I've learned over the years. Let's stay out all night tonight skip a single side let's go baby down Albert's run and have some fun we will cover all of the spots just constantly drinking 
those double shots The greatest thing beneath the sun Is having fun Just sitting in Playing the bin and drinking gin Now that the night has begun Ain't we having fun We'll grab a cab and drive around All the spots in town When the night is done We'll be high But having fun Memphis Slim. Talk about Memphis Slim. Well, um, when we started out, uh, we had a quite an eclectic repertoire. We were not just um, jazz. And because um, like he was saying, I, we, I started singing these jazzy songs with blues musicians as opposed to jazz musicians because it just wasn't happening. And the blues people were sweeter and kinder <laughs> <laughs> and they liked it uh they liked what we were what i was doing and and one of the guy a lot of the people liked the stuff and uh i wanted to do some blues but i i didn't want to it had to fit my style so we were looking for blues that didn't you know that sang about other things than i don't know Anyway, that were kind of appropriate for for me to sing uh you know uh, anglophone white montreal girl you know who likes the blues, so I didn't want to pretend. And Memphis Slim is so interesting, you know? He's just got a beautiful, like, there's that song we do, and we also do Mother Earth, and he's kind of political, and he's very melodic, and it's a little bit more vocal-based than groove-based, which has made it easier for me to to sing them. And um, he was just a, a wonderful discovery because there was a guy that... Uh, you know, I love Albert King, but I would never sing an Albert King song. You know, bad Albert, you know, <laughs> <laughs> shotgun and all that. So it was really great to have an alternative. And and through, you know, then I learned about J.B. Lenoir and there's other kinds of styles. It was really educational for me to see that there was other types of blues that were. And, and the fact that he was, uh, he spent a lot of time in France. I really enjoyed France. Kind of makes it very poignant for me. Mm. And uh, I, I find him very melodic and uh, gorgeous dude. I mean, I love Muddy Waters and all sorts of, but I couldn't really sing their songs, you know? It wasn't, didn't fit us. But I like the style of Memphis Slim. He's really interesting. I love hearing you say that because I think it's, 
it's not something a lot of people talk about is choosing the right repertoire yeah. that really fits you, that you are going to bring your emotion to it in an honest way. And I've, a lot of times people have the right voice, but the wrong vibe for it, but they'll do it anyway. They'll do some tune that you'll think just bad choice, yeah. but you're actually thinking about those choices deeply so you can bring this authenticity to it, which is really lovely. I just can't do it any other way. I just get so stiff and unhappy and uh, I sound stilted. So it freaks me out, you know? So I'm really glad there's more. And, and Jordan was the one to help me find uh, uh, alternative yeah. things. Yeah. Talk a, a little bit about playing drum when you're playing in the group because it's a unique sound. Well, I, uh, I started playing because I was singing with my sister and she was playing, she was writing love songs and playing guitar and she's a great soprano and I always harmonize we always harmonize that's the big thing for me was harmonizing it's just like an automatic thing you know always starting to find that harmony um and so I was always playing my leg when I was playing with her she said you know my boyfriend's son has a snare in the closet and I think he's got and he had these you know gnarly brushes and it was good because I have no tech I didn't have technique at all at the time I'm not going to start the sticks would have been way too loud and it would have been like cacac. It would have been tra tragic. So with the brush, and I actually liked that sound, that soft shoe sound. And uh, when I started playing with Jordan, we did have a drummer, but we decided that um, it didn't fit. You know, it was a better dynamic controller if I played um, because we could get very soft and very strong also and we could control it. And as a singer... I didn't. I had played in bands where there was drums, and I didn't actually have any of the control. And I'm a person that does need a, a modicum of control over my own destiny, so I didn't want to, you know. So it was really f and fun for me. And also, I I always hated having to stand there with nothing to do while everybody was playing their solos. <laughs> I always felt like such a non-participant, you know, and, and so egotistical. Like, okay, now it's my turn to play, and I just like to be able to do something. And um, I've met two women so far that are in their 70s and told me that when they were in the 50s, they had sung and when they were younger with swing bands, but then the swing bands couldn't afford to travel big um, bands anymore, and the women were playing cocktail drums. And so there's these really neat cocktail drums that you could play the, the, the bass. And so, yeah, I met one woman in England, another woman, I think, in, in, in the States. And that was what the chicks were doing. You know, they were playing the cocktail drums with these really small, concentrated versions. So While they were singing. Totally. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was really great to know that. That I mean, it's like, obviously, I did not invent the wheel. It makes perfect sense to me. So I do often recommend to singers, you know, oh my God, you know. It's fantastic. But you did write Ain't Misbehaving. I'm well, giving yeah, you that, that one. Was, uh, you did invent that. <laughs> that was a moment so, of inspiration. Yes, yes I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you're both wonderful. It's been such Thank a you. treat having you here so that That's I could true. talk to you, getting to hear you in person and here at Escona. Talk about Escona before I let you go. What it's been like being here. This is your first time at the Escona Jazz Festival, yes? It is the first time. Yeah. And, uh, well, I really, it's really been cool meeting people and uh, like kind of, it's really cool to meet you. And it's like a couple of other people that I've known throughout the years and we met up here. And I mean, physically, this place is, you know, pretty amazing. Big lake. Yeah. So beautiful. And uh, yeah, it's a really beautiful place. And you've met lots of guitarists. Somebody won. 
<laughs> I know they're not. I, I, are they not cheering for us? Perhaps, <laughs> perhaps not. Anyway, yes, you've gotten to meet some good, some great. Yeah, I've met some. Well, uh, like like Susie said, a lot of great people, m- musicians, uh, because there's so much stuff happening all over, and and we all have days off once in a while, so we walk around, and hear each other's sets, and run into each other in the street, and that's nice. It's a great thing about festivals. Yeah, it is a great thing about festivals. We all because we spend so much time just at our own concerts, and this way we get to gather. Yeah. And swimming in the lake is great. Yes, well, there is that as well. I know we, we can't say that we're suffering as jazz musicians when we have all this yeah. at our disposal. You're both great. Thank you Thank so you, much. Thanks, Judy. Thank you. You've been listening to vocalist Susie Arioli and guitarist Jordan Officer, recorded live at the Escona Jazz Festival in Switzerland. I hope you'll join me here next time when I talk with another creative person about how jazz has inspired their life and work. I'm Judy Carmichael, the host and producer of Jazz Inspired. My production engineer is Curtis Heidolf. You can download podcasts of Jazz Inspired from iTunes or at TalkShoe.com. Our opening music was Airmail Special, and the mid-break music is a smooth one from my CD, High on Fats and Other Stuff. The closing music is Old Fashioned Love from my CD Trio. I'm on piano with my Cashamon sax and Chris Flory on guitar. For a schedule of upcoming programs, to sign up for our email newsletter, or to find out how you can personally support Jazz Inspired, visit our website at jazzinspired.com. You can email us at info at jazzinspired.com. Special thanks to NOLA Recording Studios in New York City and our webmaster, Megan Lewis. Judy Carmichael's Jazz Inspired is made possible with generous support from our listeners and Steinway & Sons and Sag Harbor Florist. Visit sagharborflorist.net. Additional support is provided by the American Hotel in Sag Harbor, New York. Learn more at theamericanhotel.com and the I Love Jazz Classic Jazz Festival in Brazil, featuring great musicians from around the world, myself included. The festival takes place in Rio, Sao Paulo, Belo Horizonte, Recife, and Brasilia. Visit ilovejazz.com.br for more information. Further support is provided by Robert's Restaurant in Watermill, New York, and the New Paradise Cafe in Sag Harbor, New York. Learn more at opentable.com. We're recording Jazz Inspired live on stage at the Tanglewood Jazz Festival in Lenox, Massachusetts, Labor Day weekend. So watch for that upcoming broadcast, or if you'd like to come with us to Tanglewood, check out judycarmichael.com for more information.